Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Minds And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning, everybody. It would be a weird morning if it was any day other than Friday. Okay. Like if, I, if it was a Wednesday, I'd be like, ah, don't like it today. But it's hard to come in and be in a bad mood on a Friday. Well, it's like, a donut Friday. It's a donut Friday. I'm not partaking in the donuts today. You asked me before the show. You're like, hey, do you want a donut? Kind of. But I thought about it, and I went over, and I had to fill up my water, and I was looking, and I was like, you know what? I'm passing on donuts this week. It's a good man. I think I'm going to go payday Fridays only for me on donuts. Okay. Yeah. Every I think other that's, Friday. Yeah, every, so every other Friday, I'm, that's when I'll snag a donut. Because I can't do a donut every Friday. Just one donut every Friday is too much? Yeah. No, seriously. That's that's how Donut Friday for me actually started was in San Francisco. Yeah. Walked past that donut shop every day. I stopped in there so often that one day I walked in and the guy behind the counter was like, maple buttermilk? I was like, I'm a regular at the donut shop. I need to stop. <laughs> but I still wanted to get a donut. So on paydays when I'm like, yeah, hey, I got a couple extra bucks. I'll get donuts for the studio. And that's how that kind of started. So I'm going to continue that now and just every other Friday. Okay. I have a donut. A couple a month. I think that I think that fits. Okay. I'm getting older now, so I feel the effects of the food I eat more. <laughs> so I, I like to have a donut. I don't yeah. usually go more than one donut, but yeah. I'll bring in the donuts and then one donut. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Like yeah. that's fine. Um Kings win. They beat the Spurs 127-122 to 122 last night. They won because I left the game early. You are all welcome. It was super funny because right after the game, <clears throat> like buzzer sounds, I immediately get two notifications on Twitter. It was like, hey, did, did, you, did you stay? <laughs> no, nah. <laughs> nah, I left. But they definitely would have lost that game if I stayed. I think you're right. 100%. Yeah. I mean, just like the way it was playing out, I was like, man, I'm glad Kyle left. Yeah, when, when, when Wemby got the and one... With like two and a half minutes left, mm. and he hit the free throw to put San Antonio up one. It was like, oh no, like this is happening again. They're gonna lose this game by eight. Well, that and then Ugh. they got another shot to to like build a lead. Oh yeah, that's right. They went up a couple scores. Yeah, and it was like, hey, look at this. This is uh, feeling like Charlotte all over again. It's exactly exactly what it felt like. But yeah. 
And that's where that's where I'm landing today because a, it, there's there's two kind of frames that I'm looking at this through. The first one is a win is a win is a win. You need to stack these up. Beating San Antonio at Golden One Center, regardless of the final score, was a necessity. However, like long term, I don't think I feel that differently about Sacramento. Like I need to see these next couple games against real contenders like the Clippers, like Minnesota, like Denver, and then I'll have a better idea. But last night, while a win is a win, it wasn't as as dominant as I think I would have liked to have seen. No, I get you. I mean, I think that they they leave you wanting all the time. Yes. And you know, there are some specific things we'll get into, but um this is also the first game coming out of the break. And sometimes it looks funky. You haven't played in a week. Mm-hmm. And I-, I thought that San Antonio played a gritty style. Yeah. They hit their shots. Mm-hmm. I thought the Kings did a great job of limiting Wimanyama, yep. even though his stats are, are wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Devin Vassell was absolutely phenomenal. And just... He's really good. You know what he looked like? He looked like DeMar DeRozan with a three-point shot. Ooh, that's, That's what he a good. Like. I like that. Like he's totally grown up. Like mm-hmm. he's not the stick figure he was when he came in the league. Mm-mm. He's really like grown into his body, and I thought he was really, really good. He's yeah. a guy that you know. Again, the Kings in that draft, they were sitting at number twelve, mm-hmm. and when you got to number ten, and uh, and the Phoenix Suns took Jalen Smith, mm-hmm. it was like, oh man. Either Tyrese Halliburton or Devin Vassell are going to drop to the Kings. Yeah. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get one of the guys that realistically you need to right, build, right? right? And I think he's just done a tremendous job of growing into who he who he's going to be as a player. And even talking to Popovich before the game, he was very complimentary of of Vassell and and now how Victor Women Yama gives Vassell another player that's talented like he is, that mm-hmm. he can kind of help him elevate his game. And I thought it was a really good point. So, yeah, I, I think that this is, uh, that Spurs team is probably a little bit better than their record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're also super young and just, you know, they're a bunch of tryhards and you got to like it. They're still well coached. Um, but I would have felt more comfortable if the Kings won by like 12. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen them pull away. But the the Spurs, this is the thing. And this is why there's there are bad teams like, the Wizards, right? Mm-hmm. Where they are benching Jordan Poole and everything is just sideways and you don't know what direction they're moving. But then there's a bad team like the Spurs where, okay, you know that Victor Wembanyama is a foundational piece. Yep. And I'm excited to to talk about your your thoughts on him because I was I I wasn't underwhelmed, but it, I wasn't like, wow, my socks were blown off. What a player. There were moments for sure, but there were some really bad shots. He looked like a rookie a lot last night. Yeah, I think the shot selection is really poor. Really bad. Like really poor. Mm-hmm. And he really got into a bad habit of shooting like 16-foot, like, fading one-way, fading one-way jumpers over mm-hmm. over Sabonis, and that's not who he should be at mm-hmm. all. I don't know who it is he should be. But that's not it. That's it's just not present day. Demar Derozan is not it. <laughs> no, no. I was very caught off guard by like the the shot selection. Yeah. But yeah. walking in the building and then there he comes out and you're like, holy Dude. cow! Yeah. 
and there there were like I said there were there were seven eight moments last night that you you double take and you have to watch a replay because you just don't humans aren't supposed to be able to move that way. Oh yeah, and a human that's not the way he would catch an offensive rebound and then dunk it, but with like a player in front of him. Because his arms are just so long. Yeah. It's like, no, you're supposed to have to go up and like make that a tough shot. There's a player in front of you. Uh, the thing I thought, while there were definitely some rookie things there where you're going, man, that's just a guy who doesn't, like he's still figuring out the game. Oh, yeah. I, I think the Kings did a really good job of forcing him into tough shots because you're not going to be able to go vertical with him. There's there's nobody in the league that's going up and contesting his shot, right? No. So you, on you get into their body, mm-hmm. you get into that's what they always say with a shot blocker. You get into the body to be able to finish through them. And I thought Domas did a really nice job, particularly early, of that of being like, "Hey, you're not going to move me. Like I'm just going to get here. I'm not going to be able to contest. I'm not going to be able to block it. But I'm going to force you to either try and go around me or take this tough shot uh, with with me in your jersey." And I think that was part of the reason that we saw so many tough shots. I, I thought the Kings defensively last night um, did a did a did an okay job. Yeah, I mean he finished with 19 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, five steals, <laughs> five blocks. And somebody brought this up, like for some reason he doesn't have to stay vertical, and that's it's just not the way it should be. Like he he does not he didn't stay vertical on plenty of his blocks mm-hmm. and they were fouls mm-hmm. and you're like, why is that not being called? Yeah. Because everybody else in the league is getting called on that. Yeah. And I think he, he's just really tough to, to figure out how to, how to ref at this point. Yeah. You know, so I, Sabonis just dropping the boom on him and, and putting a shoulder into him and pushing him under the yep. basket. Spectacular. Yeah. So and you, then there's like a couple where he like literally him. like wrapped over the top of him. You're like, okay, that's a foul. Just call yeah. the foul. I mean, yeah. there's the one still shot that uh, Matt George put out where literally Sabonis is grabbing a rebound and putting it back in with Victor Wimanyama's hand all over his face. That's just face guarding. That's just, a good defense. Just no call. <laughs> no call. Yeah. I yeah. Th- I actually, early in the game last night, uh, I, James and I were sitting next to each other, not to brag, and early in the game, there, through the first 12 minutes, first quarter, no fouls. Either team. And I'm like... I'm here for this. Yeah. If you're going to not blow the whistle, fine. If you're going to be if it's going to be a let them play night, I'm here for that. Like that's why I like playoff basketball so much more because it is more physical. The touch fouls go away. I I I'm I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. What I don't what I'm not here for is when you get uh Sabonis getting his eyes raked on one end and then the touch foul where the offensive player creates a little contact and then throws the ball in the air on the other end and there's a whistle. It's like that's annoying. Yes. That's where it's for. But if you're just going to let him play and hey, everybody's just going to wail on everybody then uh, okay. I'd way prefer that over uh the other but then I think it was 33 seconds into the into the second quarter there's a foul and then 6 seconds later we had one it was like the refs have a quota. Well, like, yes. Oh, whistles. But you also realize that like starting the second quarter mm-hmm. who's who's came out for the Sacramento Kings and started the second quarter. It's <laughs> like, hey, this uh this Foul streak is not going to last. Chris Duarte is Chris Duarte is here. Chris Duarte is like present. <laughs> I got it. I'll break the streak. Foul. <laughs> hey, Chris, make him feel you. You got it. Whack. Uh, no, I I thought I thought some of the stuff we can talk about this later, but some of the stuff that Mike Brown did lineup wise was really interesting. Yeah, the four guards with 
with Alex, Alex Len. Len. Yep. But then there was the three guards with Trey Lyles and Domas. Mm. As fascinating stuff from Mike Brown. I think he's trying to figure out. I don't know exactly what he's trying to figure out, but maybe trying to figure out some form of small ball lineup. I'm not I'm not totally sure, but Well, that's the game you fun. do it in though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a team that you know that there's a good chance that if it comes down to the wire, mm-hmm. that you can beat them. Yeah. You you hope that you don't do something stupid and lose a game. They mm-hmm. did go down by four with like mm-hmm. two minutes left. Yeah. But at the same time, like that's a team that you can start to mess with certain lineups and mm-hmm. see if you can mix and match. I think, you know, again, Keegan Murray gives you so many different elements too mm-hmm. when he's on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like to see Mike get a little creative. And talking about Chris Forte, uh, you know, I saw him in the locker room last night and like we weren't going to talk to him as far as media, uh, just because it was it was time to go. And but I, I did go over and just like, hey, nice, nice production, man. You know, yeah. like his his Good minutes. Game. Like I was like, hey, look at that. You hit a couple of threes. Mm-hmm. When he squares up for a three, it feels like it's going in almost every time. I totally agree. When he gets a little crazy and starts dribbling, then it's like, okay, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was okay with the fouls. I was okay with the physicality. Mm-hmm. I thought he made a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys to start figuring out ways to make a difference. His one assist, he dribbled into traffic. And instead of putting up a bad shot, instead of like throwing it out for a reset, he looked, Fox curled up the, uh, above the break. He hits Fox, wide open three, cashes it. Like, that's like that's good basketball. Yeah. And he brings a physicality on the defensive end. If he can contribute offensively, then I would love to see him playing more. And frankly, the Kings came out a little bit flat last night. Yeah. And and, and I think if you're trying to establish a defensive presence, a lineup with Chris Duarte and and Davion Mitchell in it is maybe one way, one way to do that. So yeah. uh, we've got a ton to get into from last night's game. A win is a win is a win and I think that's ultimately if you're the Kings you will take that right now they've won two in a row and uh, they start the second half off with a victory Uh, James Ham six quick thoughts are what's coming up next right here on ESPN 1320 plenty of Kings coming up for you today on the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube that's James I'm Kyle don't go anywhere Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Figuring it out. All right. It's fine. It's a workflow thing. It is. It's a workflow thing. I'll get it. I'll get it eventually. Welcome back in. That's James. I'm Kyle. And I'm also vamping because I need that bed to finish. There we go. Uh... We've been talking King Spurs. That's what we're going to continue to talk about. Before we get to six quick thoughts, very quickly, the NFL just announced Mm -hmm. that the 2024 salary cap is set at $255.4 million. Uh, Why does that matter for your favorite team, whether it is the Raiders, 49ers, or otherwise? Uh, It was projected at $242 million. Mm. $13 million in a Additional space is bananas. That's a lot of money. A lot of money that's going to help uh, a lot of teams, particularly a team like the 49ers that is so top-heavy with its salary cap. But we can dive into that uh, later on. Let's get to last night's Kings win, 127-122 over the San Antonio Spurs with James Ham's Six Quick Thoughts. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six... Quick thoughts. 
going on, Kyle? We got ready six for these, quick thoughts. Ready for these thoughts. Number one. I got your ding here. Hang on. Pause. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Demonis, uh, Sabonis came into the day doubtful. He was sick. I don't know what he was sick with, but he was sick. And oh, he's sick of all this not being recognized. <laughs> That's right. He was sick of not being an all-star. That's right. Um, yeah, I I was in the tunnel waiting for him to come off the floor um, in pregame, and I hit him up. I said, are you, you like thumbs up, thumbs down? He's like, I don't know. It's up to them. It's not up to me. I want to play. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm not sure what his illness was, but uh, I guess there was a little bit of negotiation behind the scenes with him coming mm-hmm. in and playing. And he just goes out and, and just does like Sabonis things, which is crazy because you could see that they were trying to uh, like control his minutes early. Mm-hmm. He only played 15 minutes in the first half. Uh, they were limiting what he was doing, but he comes away with another triple double. His 38th double double, consecutive double double, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 22 point, 11 rebound, 11 assists, triple double. His 19th triple double of the season, which leads the NBA. Uh, yeah, he's a workhorse. He's just finding ways to be effective. Even on nights where was he the best version of Demonis Sabonis last night? I didn't I didn't particularly think so. No. But he still figured out a way to go uh, 22 11 and 11. Like that's and and I thought he did a nice job defensively uh, for the most part on Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, and I also think he had eight rebounds in the second half. I think that's how it broke down. Um which is you could see it down the stretch. He was grabbing every rebound and shoving everybody out of the way. Yeah, 10 8 and 5 in the second half. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's uh Yeah, he's good. Good 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 player, fine player. <laughs> Maybe one day an all-star. Maybe, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Make it rain. That's number two. Uh the Kings struggled to hit the long ball early, but that wasn't case for Kevin Herter. He came out and hit his first four three point shots, twenty one points, five of eight shooting, added five assists, added four rebounds. Admitted after the game that he was very bad defensively, but outside of that uh, he he looked like Kevin Herter. He got lost a lot defensively. There were a lot of open looks for for San Antonio. I think that that came from from Herter not being aware on the perimeter. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was guarding uh, Jeremy Sohan. D- the dude answer lives is, in the dunker spot. The answer is nobody. <laughs> nobody was defending it, the Sohan. It, it felt like the Spurs offense early in the game was. Bad Victor Weminyama turn around Jay. Yep. Or Jeremy Sohan wide open on the right block. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Wide open for a little cut, <laughs> like dunk. Uh, no, but but Kevin Herter offensively, um, I thought a, a couple of times last night, maybe hesitated in spots that he shouldn't have, mm. where he would come off and dribble too much and then reset and get back into the offense. But uh, no, I don't. He was, he was uh, really good last night. And again, you see the Kings offense is just so much different. When Kevin Herter plays, I could play last night. Yeah, him coming off the DHO is it's it's so far that he travels that oh, he gets God. to the outside. It's almost like it's almost it's almost it's a dribble handoff, but it's to create space to get the offense moving. It's not even like hey, here's a dribble handoff. Sabonis is going to set a screen so Herter can shoot it. Yeah, like, that's how far out he gets with that with that dribble. Although he had the one play where he went out on the DHO, looked like he was going to shoot the three, and then dropped a pass yes. to De'Aaron Fox that cutting. Was sick. Absolutely sick. Really, really good. Yeah. Yep. That's and that's the kind of stuff we talked about that with Keegan Murray yesterday. That's the kind of playmaking that you would like to see from him uh, additionally off those dribble handoffs. Yeah. But uh, good, really, really good performance from Kevin Herter. I think he lit the beam at the end. I wouldn't know. I wasn't he, in the building. He did. Yeah. Good for him. All right. Number three. 
stats. Uh, De'Aaron <laughs> Fox came out uh, looking to set up his teammates from the jump. Uh, he he hits the bonus on a pick and roll in the fr- the first play of the game that was awesome. Uh, he kept it going, posting twenty eight points, nine assists, five rebounds, two steals. His late block, I I had this as three steals in my six quick thoughts, but they didn't give him a steal; they gave him a block late in the mm, game. Yeah, that was one of the greatest defensive plays I've seen from a player. He he messed up mm-hmm. and got caught on the back cut. Yeah, right. He took a bad step, mm-hmm. uh, overplayed it, and then got caught on the back cut. His recovery, and he said after the game, he's like, "Well, I figure I, I'd probably end up fouling him. That's and I was going right. to make him earn it." Uh-huh. He's like, "But I just I was able to recover and just got my hand right on top of the ball." It's one of those. It, it was one of those plays that that happens in the NBA a lot. Like guy just gets gambles or gets lost on a cut, and it's just a layup. Yep. That's what it's like. Oh, bucket! And then not only <laughs> was it not a bucket, it was a block going the other way. Oh yeah, it was. Nuts. It's just I, it it was almost jarring because you just you're geared up like oh that's a layup. It that almost looked like he dunked it, like that's how it looked. Like the ball <laughs> went straight down, and he <sighs> still went up, and it was like oh man that was that's not good because it was like yeah. super late in the game, like 38 seconds left or something. Yeah, it would have made it a one possession game. Yeah, just or trem- tried it. Just tremendous recovery speed, and for him to not give up on the play was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, um, I agree. All number right, let's four. get to number four. Uh, boost in the third. Malik Monk was quiet in the first half. I think he had seven points. He got it going in the third and then helped finish off the game in the fourth. He finished with 21 points, 8 of 15 uh, from the field, and two blocks. He now is up to 36 blocks, a team-leading 36 blocks for your six-man, six-foot-three shooting guard. Uh, nine off the Sacramento Kings franchise record for blocks in a season by a player 6-3 and under. I mentioned that to him in the locker room. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll get that. <laughs> 10, 10 off De'Aaron Fox had 45 in the 2018-19 season isn't that crazy nine short of that 10 off breaking the record and Fox was the chase down block that's what Fox was early right. in his career was yeah. the incredible chase down blocks yeah uh, number what number are we on five. counting five uh, tough assignment Keegan Murray is drawing the opposite's best opposition's best perimeter player uh, and he continues to make an impact he had 16 points, two of four from three, and out of four rebounds. But I also thought he was really, really good defensively. They shifted him to Devin Vassell late. Vassell hit some incredible shots. You let that guy get going, and holy cow, he was the good. one. The one where the ball got poked away from him into the backcourt, and he picks it up and hustles into the front court and stops at the top of the key and drills a three. That is a bad shot. I thought that that was the moment that Popovich just yanked Oh, it was going to be a miss. <laughs> You're out, It bro. was going to be a timeout, and he was going to be out. <laughs> yeah, and he just cashes it. No, it was a really... I, I, um, I, you know, you can talk about Keegan defensively or, or whatever. Sometimes a player like Devin Vassell is just going to get going, yeah. and he is a talented enough player that when he gets going, uh, that you're not probably doing a lot to stop him. I think a version of the Spurs where they are contending for championships with Victor Wembanyama, you have Devin Vassell in that Manu Ginobili six-man role where he is just a different player than Manu, obviously, yeah. but just a really dominant six-man, I think, is probably where he winds up okay. uh, affecting a championship team. I, I like him. I like him a little bit more than that. I think he can be a starter on a good team, but mm-hmm. um, whether he's going to be a 20-point-per-game guy on a good team, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, still a sure. really good, uh, solid young player. Last one, number six. 
Nice contribution. Uh, Chris Duarte plays with reckless yeah. abandon, and the Kings sometimes need that. Uh, he played well. He had two two threes. He had six points, four rebounds, and an assist. His defense was good. He played 20 minutes. Um, I thought, like, realistically, if this is who you, he can be down the stretch, then that will help the Kings a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really liked the Chris Duarte addition this offseason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Granted, again, I, I anchored my old takes. And I just, I loved him coming out of Oregon. I thought he was an NBA-ready player, and he was in his rookie year. Dealt with some injury stuff. He's had a hard time carving out a role with the Kings. But if he is ascending into the player that you all of a sudden have a lineup. And as we talk about defense with this team, you know what you can get offensively. You know that the ceiling for this team offensively is one of the highest in the NBA, but in the playoffs, can you get a stop? Can you throw bodies on Steph Curry or Luca or whatever great perimeter player? Do you have different bodies and looks you can throw at them? And if you have Chris Duarte, who's at, at least a a a net neutral offensively at, mm-hmm. at least and playing really good defense now all of a sudden that changes the dynamics of a of a playoff series even even a little bit in yeah. the kings in the kings favor i also i talked to him in pregame and i said how's your ankle he goes he's like yeah it only took like 5 days and i'm like that's crazy he's like yeah because i saw it that night and he was on crutches and it looked horrible yeah he said I remember you walked out and you were like, oh, he said, he literally <laughs> said, he goes five days. He's like, that was a grade two sprain, which is crazy. Five days for a grade two. He goes, but I don't have any ligaments left anyways. He's like, I, I've had the grade three. I've had the grade twos. I've, I've had them all. They're all trashed. He's like, I, I, he's like, yeah, I, I healed up pretty quick. And I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. Five days for a grade two. Some thoughts on Chris Duarte in the chatty house that we will get to uh, because I think he's I, I, I want to continue talking about him as well uh, as we talk about the Kings defense, what they did well, what did they not do well last night. And we will have a Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game for you mm-hmm. also. Uh, that's coming up. It'll be your chance to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. And Jiffy Lube bought a bunch of Kings jerseys for us to give away at the end of every month. And that is coming up. Your chances to win in February are dwindling. So make sure to enter. Um, at ESPN1320.com, your Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game contest page is right there up front. Wait for the keyword. That's coming up for you next on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I think, I think that might be the most random thing that we've ever been talking about at the break that made me... Uh, late to hitting our sounders and stuff. <laughs> okay, Bill's salary cap situation here on ESPN 13. That's, that's weird. <laughs> Actually, there's an interesting question in the chat, and somebody asked, does Domas's father uh, come visit him to share some advice? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, Arvidas has shown up a couple of times. Um, oh, yeah. They usually come out and stay for like a month or three weeks, and you'll see Arvidas in the tunnel or like in the back hallways, like a couple of times, and he makes Sabonis, uh, he makes Domas look like a little kid. Yeah, he's an enormous human. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know another way to describe it. I mean, like the, I, you know what? If you've watched the Scott Pollard video where the doctors are trying to help him <laughs> up, it kind of looks like that. Arvita Sabonis is one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. I would love to see. I've never seen it happen where Vlade and Arvidas are together. Because Vlad is a huge man too, like yeah. way, way bigger than Domas. Yeah. So, oh my God, Arvidas Sabonis was seven three two eighty. Yeah. He would have been. He would have been un like he was. He was an already unbelievable player, but he would be in the that Hakeem, uh, Shaq, yeah, that conversation had he played in in the NBA his entire career but he didn't even come over till he's 31 32 31 yeah I'm watching him uh, like what he would do with the ball um like he basically would would get in the post or he'd get at the high at the high post mm-hmm. he'd get the ball in his hands and he would start moving it around like a water polo player yeah and then what he could do as a passer was just unbelievable Silly. every once in a while domos does it and you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, you see the the Sabonis gene like coming out. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what's so that's what's so fascinating. And you, I, we always one of my favorite discussions with, particularly with basketball, because the game is so much different now. Oh yeah, than it was. And and in football, it's tough. Like you get guys like Terry Bradshaw, like I wish I could have played today. Like okay, man, I don't, I don't know what it. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea what it would have looked like. If Terry Bradshaw played now, like yeah. I, have, I have no idea, but it's pretty easy to pick up a 31 year old Arvita Sabonis and drop him into the NBA today and get an idea of what it would have looked like. Because when you look and you talk about passing, like he's you, when you hear a, Hey, or who's the best passing big man of all time? Sabonis's name comes up. Yeah. And he averaged it for his career. 2.1 assists a game. Oh, that's wild. Because the the sport was just different. Like yeah. the style was different. If you drop him into the NBA now, where you're like, yeah, hey, motion offenses and spreading the floor and all this spacing, he would have he would have it would have it would have probably looked like something like Jokic. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you really look at like who brought that to the NBA game, it was Sabonis mm-hmm. and Vlade. 
Yeah. Like, like their ability to pass change the game yeah. as, as those big guys. And I think, yep. you know, Vlade already had like a, like a really, really high basketball IQ, but going to the Lakers mm-hmm. and playing with Magic Johnson as a young player mm-hmm. just like increased everything by, by tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just talk about one of the most gifted passers and, and a guy who saw the court, he saw everything and you know, it, it, it does help that you're seven foot one and you can see everything yeah. uh, or seven foot three yeah. and you're uh, like way over the top of everybody. Just a hoss, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it, like really the, the player comp, um, Sabonis, young, young Sabonis before M- NBA is, is Jokic. Uh, yeah. But again, they didn't allow guys like that to dribble then. Nope. So like that's where we've seen the change. You know, mm-hmm. even like I had... I talked to Chris Gent years ago who had played with Hakeem, but then coached Demarcus. He was on Mike uh, Malone's staff. And I asked him about the comparison with uh, with Boogie and, and Elijah Wan, and he just laughed. He's like, man, Hakeem can dribble twice. He's like, we got this kid yeah. making going between his legs and doing spin move on a fast break at midcourt with a guard diving at him. Yeah. He's like... Like this is nobody's ever seen anything like that. Yeah. And I think when you look at revolutionary players, DeMarcus will get ignored, but his ability to dribble and, and run the break is something we really hadn't seen before from a six foot 11, uh, seven foot tall, you know, 290 pound dude. Well, and he didn't shoot it a lot early in his career, like from, from three, that yeah. was something that came, but at, we were just talking about this, the goon squad classic, the Dante green charity game that took mm-hmm. place during the lockout at UC Davis before that game, DeMarcus is standing there above the break and just casually, he's like chatting with Jimmer or whoever, and he's pulling from three and hitting everything. Oh yeah. And you're sitting there and that was what? 2011, 2011, 2011, yeah, during the lockout in 2011. Yeah. So, and that's that's early to Marcus Cousins. Like, why doesn't he do this more? Like, this should just happen. More. And then, sure enough, as his career goes on and and spacing becomes more prevalent, he started shooting it more. But you know who who did who forced him to shoot it? Who? George Carl. Yes. And and they fought. They Sacramento fought Kings legend George Carl. They fought about it the so whole time, but really, uh, it did it did open up Demarcus Cousins' game. And I don't what is it? What year is it that he? He coaches. I think it's 2013, 14, and 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 15, 16 season is where he's, you know, George Carl's there. And DeMarcus goes from 0.1, 0.1 to 3.2, and then five. Yeah. That's that's where the George Carl effect. Shot at 36% on five a game. Yeah. Like that's, you know what? Shout out to George Carl. <laughs> At, with the Pelicans, he thirty-seven point five percent on five point six, uh, it, six attempts per game. Yeah, man, what a player! Boogie's still hooping. I know it, man. Where is he now? Well, he goes. He uh, he went over to Korea and played on like mm. a ten-day. Um, but he, there's a good chance he'll go back and and play either there or in China. Um, maybe even for like the playoffs. Good for him. Like they allow that. And so you just get like a nice paycheck to, to go and have a good time and hoop. And yeah, we'll, we'll try to get him on the show. That's that would be great. I would love yep. that so much. Maybe we get him and George Carl together. I don't think, I, I mean, maybe I could reach I out to George no, Carl and I, get George Carl on, no, but I'm joking. Yeah. Me and George weren't super, super good. I found him on the radio before. Like he's, he's accessible. He's a, but I don't, I'll I'm joking you, about having him on here in Sacramento. Yeah, like I don't think that's anything anybody wants. 
Watching, okay, so George Carl, before he was a Sacramento Kings coach, was always my favorite coach to go talk to in pregame. Mm-hmm. So, like, even last night, I went in, you talked to, uh, like, Greg Popovich, and he's surly, and he's waiting for a stupid question, and then he lights into somebody. That's what he does. But George Carl, for me, was always the best to go talk to because you would ask him a question, a basketball question, and he would look you in the eye and think about it, mm-hmm. and then he'd give you, like, this incredibly thoughtful like provoking, uh, provoking, thought provoking uh, answer, yeah. and then he got to the Sacramento, and there just wasn't like a lot left in the bag. Like he was done. Yeah, and and he had you know lots of health problems. He had struggled with mm-hmm. uh, a couple of bouts with cancer at that point. He had cancer while he was in Sacramento too, mm-hmm. and he just wasn't the same. And and you know he, he had to sit in a chair. Uh, it took him a while to get places. Um, you know he just. You know, I, he's a basketball legend, but he wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no he doubt. was tough to deal with. Uh, Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game from last night. Oh. That's right. <clears throat> um, Kings beat the Spurs 127-122. We're giving away a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. Yep. We're also giving away a Kings jersey at the end of this month. The way you enter for that is to enter to win the Jiffy Lube gift certificate. Mm-hmm. We put the names in a big pot, and then we pull a name, like a digital pot. We don't actually do Yeah. We're not all writing these all down. Um, put the names in a big pot, and we pull out a jersey winner that will, the February jersey winner will be pulled uh, at the end of at the end of the month, uh, I believe. I'd have to look at the King's schedule. It might be early March, but uh, enter today. Enter right now at ESPN1320.com. Yep. There's a Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game page right up front. You cannot miss it. Click on that, and then you're going to enter the code word Fox Ox. Fox Ox. Two words. Two words. Fox Ox. That's right. And that's Ox like the Demonis Sabonis nickname, not like an Ox chord. No, like OX. Like Fox and and, ox, and the Ox. It, right. it, like that's what Kings fans call uh Fox and Sabonis. Right. Yeah, so just Fox Ox. Um, Two words. Yeah, yeah, because I thought, okay, so the defensive play by De'Aaron Fox, the fact that he scored 28 points and yep. like stuff that's Close the game out in the fourth great. quarter. Yeah, I, I, he deserves it. But also, Sabonis walking out there and having like a, a Michael Jordan flu game, um, pretty impressive. For a guy who is doubtful in, that morning and to show up and, and drop a crazy triple-double again. Can right. we... The flu game was like in the finals. I know. <laughs> this is a Spurs. No, I know. <laughs> game 55. No, I know. <laughs> I know. But hey, look, he's missed one game in two years. Yeah, that's like, that's not right. He missed three last year. Was it three? Yeah. I thought it was one. It might be because of injury. He might have missed a couple at the end of the year resting or something. I, d- I know he, they for sure didn't play the last game of the year. You're right. He played 79. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he hasn't missed a game this season. Yeah. First... Uh, for, yeah. Would have been his first. Yeah. Him and uh, and Harrison Barnes, neither one have missed a game. So, yeah, he, he did miss three last year. Uh, Johnny G in the chat asks if I stayed the whole game. I did not. <clears throat> no. I, I left early third quarter. Yeah. It was my plan to stay the whole game. It was really my plan. And then I looked at the work I had left to do, and then I didn't want to be – like because if I stay – so I caught a ride to the arena with you, James. Yep. <laughs> and – I could have either rode back with Damien or with you. Yep. And you stay late. Like you. Yeah, I didn't you leave are until a, 10, 30, 11. Right. 
because you are in press conferences, you're in the locker room, you have work yeah. to do after the game. So I wouldn't have been getting into bed until like after midnight, which defeats the whole purpose of me staying in Sacramento. Yeah. Then I don't, I don't, I have to, now I get the same amount of sleep if I had gone home. So just, so that's why I said, all right, Dame, when you bouncing? Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'll let you know. It's like, all right, that was my ride home. That's right. Yeah. So. No, it was fine. We, uh, I, I think people forget that, you know, you had to leave your house at like four o'clock in the morning to get here for a five thirty right morning show. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the game is still going uh, like, again, if you would have stayed until 1030, yeah. that's a long day. I think the move, I think the real move for me is to get a hotel room downtown and stay downtown. Well, yeah, but that way I'm a short walk. Then you got to drive back. Yeah, but that's just, that's what, uh, no traffic in the morning when I'm driving up here. Okay. I'd be like 530, I'd have to leave my hotel by what, five o'clock? Yeah. That's Hmm. not bad. All right. That's not too bad. Get you some sort of, you know, like long-term group rate there or something. I don't know. Like, we're trying to see a beam in person. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Fox Ox is your Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game for De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. They're, they needed their stars to be stars. And if Fox was a little bit worse last night or if Demonis Sabonis was a little bit worse last night, they lose that game instead of win it. Yes. And we can sit here and I don't... And honestly, look, I'm definitely in this this camp of... um. I don't feel differently about the Kings today than I did going into yesterday. Okay. I still think a lot of the same problems are there. However, A, we if we're gonna if I'm gonna sit here on the radio and be like, they need to win these games, and then they win the game, I can't also be like, Well, you gotta win it but different. Like, no, nah, man. It, you gotta win but better. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> so so um I did like that in a spot where because it, it felt similar to the Detroit game. Yeah. In how the just kind of ebb and flow of it. But at the end of the game, when it was crunch time, last three minutes, it was a little bit back and forth. And then the Kings just imposed their will for the last two minutes and said, we are not losing this game. And it was Demonis Sabonis making plays. And it was De'Aaron Fox making plays. And they closed it out. Was it their best performance of the year? Absolutely not. But they won a game that sure felt like, based on the 54 games we had seen earlier this year, it sure felt like, oh man, they're going to lose this one. And then they didn't. And that is maybe not the massive improvement we were talking about, like, hey, you'd love to see them blow them out. A thousand percent. You would have loved 130 to 105. That would have been awesome. But also, 127-122 is leaps and bounds better than that same score the other way. Yeah. And that's... Uh, so it was a an improvement, even if it wasn't the the massive one I was hoping for. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's at the end of the day, you have to stack wins. You have to that's figure it. out whatever that's it is. It. Like you're you're in a like crazy race right now. The teams are yeah stacked up on top of each other, and you've got like you're a half game behind the Suns and the Mavs. You're a mm-hmm. game and a half behind the Pelicans. Like this battle for the five six spot mm-hmm. is is going to be epic. And I'm not even. Like these teams here in this block, I think that they're going to push each other mm-hmm. and that they're going to make a run at that next group. Yeah. I, we'll see a couple of those teams, I, I believe, come back down to earth a little bit. Mm. And I think that we're going to see a battle here with these four teams, the, the Pelicans and Mavs, 
the Kings and the Suns, and they're going to push, push, push each other, and and see if they can move up into uh, that that next group. And I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, but and go ahead, real quick, just to underscore the importance of this while you're talking about the standings, uh, the teams they're chasing, Dallas beats Phoenix last night. Yep. Uh, Denver wins. They beat Washington. Um, they're not really the the Warriors are out of it. The Warriors beat the Lakers. Yep. Um, the Pelicans win. They beat the Rockets. OKC wins. They beat the Clippers. It, like that's <laughs> all of these teams that the Kings are trying to kind of keep pace with and maybe be chasing. All these teams won. Yep. And if you lose that game last night, oh no, you're in all trouble. of a sudden you're re- so that's another that's another thing. If again, like if I'm going to sit here and we're going to talk standings and you're chasing these teams, you just can't complain about any win at this point. No, totally. No. And I actually I think the Kings had a good night. Because overall, yeah, yeah. Because if you pick up that win right there, what it did is, like, I know we don't want to talk about the teams behind the Kings. It's like some for some reason we don't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, the Warriors beat the Lakers, mm-hmm. but also the Jazz and the Rockets lost. Yes. So the Kings have separated themselves with this mm-hmm. group of four from that other group. So what are they? Two and a half games up on the Lakers slash Warriors at this point, but. The the non-playing teams right now, the teams that are 11 and 12, they also took a step backwards last night. Mm-hmm. And that's big like, because the last thing you want to do is just not make the play-in. Yeah. I mean, I, like we don't want to see the Kings make the play-in. We want to see them make the playoffs. That would right. be much better. Mm-hmm. But you can't have them be at risk for even making the play-in. That would be a complete a disaster. Yeah. So for these, a couple of these teams to drop off right now, mm-hmm. that would be great for the Kings. They are a half game out of a playoff spot, half game behind Phoenix and Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Dallas I te- is technically the sixth seed right now. They're tied, They're the same record. Yes, correct. Yeah, what is it? Uh, but it's uh, thirty. The Kings are a half game back in the win column. Thirty-three and twenty-three. Yeah, right? the Kings are thirty-two and twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Lakers now three games back of the Kings. Uh, the Warriors three and a half back. So I, I just any. Anyway, we can figure out, hey, what does this look like in the playoffs? Can they win a play? We, well, we can figure that out in April. Yeah. Hey, let's get there first. And you can't get there unless you're you're pulling out wins. And honestly, um I, I guess one of the one of the gripes from last night <laughs> the Spurs shot uh forty four percent from three, the worst three point shooting team in the league. <laughs> They shoot 44% from three. And uh, somebody brought up, well, they started four of six. They were four of six in the first quarter. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but also in the second half, they went six of 14. Like they were like, they, it wasn't like, oh, they were red hot early and then cooled off. Like, no, nah, they shot it. They shot the heck out of it in the second half too. Yeah, they did. But I think the key that I would point to, Kyle, mm-hmm. is not a lot you, of volume. You held them for 20 to 24 attempts. 25, but yeah. 25. But that that still means that, you know, 11 of 25, you can live with 11 made tw- no doubt. Uh, three-pointers. No doubt. The fact that they were able to really limit them and, and not and take away some of the threes, mm-hmm. the percentage is bad for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that if the Kings are going to improve, that might be one of the ways to do it by limiting teams. Like, mm-hmm. like get out there. Like, make them not take the shot. And if you can do that more and more, uh, you'll start to see eventually that three-point percentage will probably come down. Yeah, and Victor Weminyama led the Spurs in three-point attempts with six, and he made one of them. Yeah, it was and, a big one. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I so I thought I thought last night um, defensively, it was a there's going to be open threes in an NBA game. Yep, that's just that's going to happen. I thought the Spurs made a couple of really sick passes to create some open threes, um, but after one early on, I think it was a three that made it five to four. Mike Brown quick with the to, and honestly, I love that. Like, good. We haven't send seen that, it. Right. Send that message. Yes. Send the message of, hey, here's three guards with Trey Lyles and Demontis Sabonis. Hey, here's four guards with Alex Len. Like, everything is on the table. We're going to figure this out defensively. I'm going to call timeouts. I'm going to pull guys. I'm going to change up the rotations until this gets done right. Yep. And if running teams off the line and making sure that, hey, they're going to hit some open ones, but we're going to make sure that we're limiting the damage and not letting them go 21 of 41, then great. Um, I, I that that I thought was was fine last night. And honestly, if Devin Vassell has a regular Devin Vassell game and doesn't go thirteen of eighteen from the field, mm-hmm. um, I, the the Kings win by by a margin that I think we're sitting here more comfortably and going like, yeah, hey, that's the kind of win you wanted to see. Well, that and he probably hit three or four really really difficult shots. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what in the world? How did how did yeah. you hit that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like, look, I. I, I don't I don't want to braid them again and again. That that early timeout by Mike Brown, it was a clear miscommunication. I think it was um I think it was Herter and Barnes. Both yeah. of them, like who's gonna go get the guy in the corner? And mm-hmm. no one actually did. Yeah. And it was wide open. And I, I love I missed the Mike Brown thirty seconds into the game timeout. Like where did it go? That's the first time this year to, mm-hmm. that we've seen that. Yeah. So I the one downfall that He's got to figure out his challenge thing. Like, he's mm-hmm. got to figure it out. He can't keep losing a challenge in the first half or even in the third quarter every single game. Yeah. Like, whatever, whoever's doing it. I know uh, somebody hit me up on Twitter last night and said, hey, I'll sit on the bench and uh, get paid, and you can pay me something, and, and I'll tell you when it's a foul. When yeah, it's I'll give not. you a thumbs up, thumbs down real quick. Yeah, there's, like, this panic that's going on, and I, I don't get it, like, how they're not figuring this one out. Well, what's what's funny is when I, I I tweeted it after the first quarter, I was like, "This is the greatest officiated game in NBA history." There were no fouls called in the first twelve minutes. Yeah, and like multiple people responded, like, "Yeah," which means there wasn't a chance for Mike Brown to lose a challenge. Yeah, like, oh boy, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, if there's one thing about <laughs> Mike Brown's coaching era that we're gonna remember, yeah. uh, which I, hopefully it's you know a long term you know yeah no Mike doubt era lasts for yeah. a decade or more yeah but I think it will be the challenges early on like yeah in the vans yeah it's just like wow oh the vans you like mm-hmm. the vans mm-hmm. the vans with no socks or with socks no socks or at least the maybe they're socks but they're like the low cut yeah like invisible ones he I know the one time he tried to show Mark Jones that he was wearing sh- socks like during a press conference last year. And he put his foot up on the table and kicked the table, and, right, and you the got it. the entire yeah it was it was wild like, yeah the whole thing it would have been like a catastrophe it would have been funny I probably should have let it just happen yeah for sure yeah, it would have yeah. been a great video there was like literally like this much of the table like still still on the edge like I was waiting for like oh no no and um, I was not moving very quickly last season my back was out the entire year I would. It wasn't an, an easy move. It wasn't cat-like reflexes. I would have. You should. You should have let it happen. That video is going viral. Oh, it would have gone totally viral. Yeah, Mike Brown flips table. Mike Br- after yeah. King's game. 
We have it with my luck. It would have like fallen and hit me on the front row. No, you're so far away. Yeah, but that's oh, not no, close. No. Those chairs move every game. They're always in a different <laughs> spot. I don't know why, but they do. They move every game. Uh, hey, speaking of shoes, just very quickly. I know this is a thing, but I need to just reiterate it for for the sake of of doing so. Gary Gerald's shoe game is out of this world. He does have the. Sh- he was wearing some Jays last night. These some some Jordan Lows. I don't even know what they are. They were so sick. I don't know where. I, like, does he get shoes sent to him? Oh, I'm uh, sure. I, I don't. Maybe. I don't know. I would be floored if I found out that Gary Gerald paid for his shoes. Floored. I think when people you'll see- get to be a legend around an NBA team for forty years or whatever it's been. Yeah. And pay for your shoes. That's not how this goes. I think it's funny, though, like, because people that see Gary Gerald and, you know, he's always dressed in a suit. Right. And he takes his job very seriously. He's very good at his job. I think that everyone out there would think he's wearing, like, penny loafers or, like, little tassel shoes. Yes. That's what everyone would think. It's the vibe. No. No. Jay's. He's got, like, the Jay's. He's got Air Force Ones. He's got, like, he's got game. Always color coordinated, too. Yes. It's not generic brown. No. No, it matches the tie. It is a... Oh, what a one of the, the greatest men ever. Just people that. know, they should know, he's one of the greatest dudes of all time. Terrific, terrific person. If you get a chance to say hello, do so. Yes. It's a delight. Um, unless he's working, then don't bother him. Um, King's defense, we'll continue talking about that. We'll have good, bad, and ugly for you. And I want to get a little bit into this NFL salary cap stuff, not the machinations of it, but just kind of what the, <laughs> what this means, particularly for, for yeah. the, the 49ers, because they went from really up against it to all of a sudden a little bit more comfortable. We'll talk about that coming up as well. We've got a whole second hour to get to just two hours today. D'Lo and KC will be in at noon for their regular noon to four slot. Uh, that's coming up on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.